Cochlear Implant Basics is a site for candidates, recipients, and their families and friends. If you or a loved one is profoundly hard of hearing, newly deaf, or have experienced sudden hearing loss, we are here to share our stories and tell how receiving a cochlear implant can be a life-changing event. This site is not medical advice, nor is it brand-specific. Within these podcasts and videos, you will meet recipients who faced hearing loss situations, and hearing aids could no longer provide comprehension of speech or music. They share the stories of how they lost their hearing, their struggles with growing isolation from their family and friends, their inability to compete in the world of business, their difficulties of navigating air travel without hearing, how the joy of music disappeared, and the panic of not being able to use a telephone to contact 911 to get aid for a loved one. They will talk about their fears and the reason they procrastinated to get a cochlear implant and the reasons they moved forward. How receiving a cochlear implant changed their lives and the lives of those who surround them. You will meet audiologists and surgeons and those who support the deaf and hard of hearing communities. Welcome to Cochlear Implant Basics. Reminder, Cochlear Implant Basics is not offering medical advice. Please consult your own healthcare provider. Janet received a single cochlear implant three years ago. As with many bimodal recipients, with time, her hearing aid side has progressively lost hearing, and she is now a candidate for a second cochlear implant. There is a genetic component to her loss. Her brother received a cochlear implant first, which encouraged Janet to get out of isolation. I asked Janet not only to describe her experiences, but to talk about the reasons she's moving to go bimodal. Janet also talks about her experience with tinnitus and how a cochlear implant has helped. This interview was intended to be in two parts. I will sit down with her again a few months after she is activated to talk about her new experience of hearing in stereo. This is her story. Let me ask you a little bit about your hearing loss. What caused it? Do you have any idea? Well... I know I have noise damage, and it's part hereditary. I worked with power tools, so I had a lot of loud noises, and time they didn't have any noise stoppers and loud music. But I think most of it's hereditary. So when did you start to wear hearing aids? At what age were you then? I was in my 40s, I guess about 20 years ago, and I was at work. And people were starting to tell me, Janet, you can't hear. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm like, uh, I'm fine. You know, I'm good, really. So, but then I started to notice that I kept saying, what? A lot. So what did you do then? What happened after that? Well, I was a counselor. So I was dealing with people. My boss told me, Janet, you have to get hearing aids. Well, I wanted to keep my job, so I got one hearing aid, and it helped. You know, I could understand people. My clients could talk to me. I could hear them. I guess about five years later, I couldn't hear as well. So it was progressive. It got worse progressively. it was slowly getting worse. You have a brother who also had a hearing problem, so it's hereditary. Hereditary. My father had a hearing problem. My cousin has a hearing problem. So it was all there before. Yeah. Okay. 
So your boss was supportive, oh, your yeah. clients were there, but eventually one day you realized... I didn't hear them, <laughs> you know, and that's not really conducive to counseling. No, not at all. So how did you deal with the telephone? What was going on there? I just said, what a lot. <laughs> uh, can you speak up, please? But basically, is that what a lot? So tell me about the day you realized you had to stop. How did you feel that day? You realized at some point you couldn't do the job anymore. How did you feel that day? How did I feel? Well, it was kind of like, uh, okay, this is what you got to do. I just did what I had to do. I got angry because I really didn't want to not hear. And I didn't want hearing aids. And it was a vanity thing, too. I really didn't want them. But I had a coworker. And he had two hearing aids. And he seemed to hear everything fine. (laughs) So I said, okay, this is what I have to do. That was the motivation to move forward as a co-worker. Yeah. All right. So that was a great influence to get your hearing aids and your hearing continued to deteriorate. At what point did you consider a cochlear implant? After I retired and we moved to Florida... That's when I got my second hearing aid. And after about five years of being here, I guess, maybe four years, they weren't working anymore. My brother just got a cochlear implant. You know, I'm looking at him like, you're crazy. You know, (laughs) you're out of your mind. Why are you doing this? And I watched him go through the process. And after his surgery, he got activated. He could hear. I mean, my brother was, I can't say he was worse, whatever you want to say. His hearing was more... Profound loss? Yeah. Okay. And then my husband kept saying, Janet, your hearing's getting worse. So I decided, you know, maybe this is what I need to do. What did you do then? What steps did you take at that point? Well, we have a friend in New York who wears two hearing aids. And he recommended somebody to me to go see in New York. Mm. It turns out that that doctor wasn't in New York anymore, but he was down here in Florida. Who was that? Dr. Bosson. And he came from New York, from Columbia Presbyterian, which is one of the best hospitals in New York. So I went to see Dr. Bosson, and I said, I want a cochlea. Okay. (laughs) He said, it's not that simple. Um, I said, what? I'm deaf. I can't hear anything. He said, we got to do testing. It didn't take them too long to determine. (laughs) I really, really needed one. And I, you know, it wasn't, what is it besides cochlea? There's something else. The Baja. Yeah. It wasn't good for me. No, the Baja was not going to work for you. You needed a cochlear implant. Right. Right. So, well, he determined that. And I said, okay, let's go through with it. And uh, we did. And when they activated me, I was in shock. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the activation day. What was it like? I was in shock. I was like, wait a minute, this can't be right. You know, because everybody sounded like R2-D2. Yeah. Very mechanical. So I was like, on the verge of tears, I said, I can't live with this. I really can't. But it got better. How long did it take for it to sound a little better for you? Not long. A couple months. Mm. 
But then I got a sinus infection. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it did, but it was never the same again. I can hear. I can hear pretty well, except I still have problems in restaurants. Like people can hear tell me they have the same problem. <laughs> Normal people hearing have right, right. problems in restaurants. But I think it's more exaggerated for me because I hear everything <laughs> all at once. I'm learning to filter and to hear things differently. It's a process. The whole thing is a process. But I was wearing a hearing aid in my right ear, a resound, which works with the cochlea. And it kind of balanced things out in the beginning. But at this point, it's not working anymore. So you're having a progressive loss in your hearing aid here. Right. It just makes things very shrill. So there's less comprehension in in your hearing aid ear now, and that's what's causing a problem. So you've considered getting a second implant for that ear, right? Right. Three years later is a long time for a lot of people. So I'd like to know what's going through your mind right now about the second one. Well, I noticed myself leaning in with my left ear to hear everybody because I can't hear anything in this ear. And it's just like before. I'm getting half of everything. Does your brother have two cochlear? No, he no, has one. He has one. And he's getting along. He says he is. I can see the difference, though. Mm. He hears better. He hears much better. But he still has that blank look a lot. You know, which look I'm talking about. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know that look. He's supportive of me. He wouldn't do it, though. Well, he has issues, too, because his wife has Alzheimer's. He has, like, 10% hearing. He don't want to lose that. That's not uncommon because some people I've known had 4% in one ear and afraid to lose it. Yeah. But you're not in that position anymore. You want to move forward. Well, you know, I have, like, 10 or 20% in this ear yet, so I can hear, like, noise. I can hear stuff like that. But in the big picture... I can't hear. So I'm really not losing anything. You said to me before you were nervous about the second operation. And I'm sure people who are listening to this podcast would like to know how you're feeling about going back in for surgery for a second cochlear implant. Well, the thoughts that keep going through my head is it can be twice as good or twice as bad. (laughs) I'm going to hear things in stereo. What I'm looking forward to is being able to adjust my own volume and everything on my phone. This is a biggie for me. I'm tired of carrying around all those gadgets. I'm excited. I am. And nervous at the same time. Yeah, it's like going on a trip, you know, (laughs) where someplace you've never been before. Fear fear makes us move forward. Yeah, well, you either move forward or you go back, and I'm not going back. No. No, I can't go back. So right now you're using the cochlear nucleus 6. Yeah. And when you get implanted on the other side, you'll be able to upgrade to 7 for both sides. I have two sevens. Two sevens. Excellent. Okay. I have two sevens and a six on the side. <laughs> the back, the back up. backup. Sure. Yeah. Have you never used a Canzo? You've never used one, have no. you? No. No. Okay. No. Have you? 
I have both, so... You I, like it? I use it for different purposes. I don't use it that much. I agree that seven is, is much better. Okay. Yeah, okay. And so somewhere down the road, you're hoping for the stereo sound, better comprehension. Fine, yeah. okay. And I hope in a couple of months from now, after you've been activated... You're going to sit down with me and talk about what it's like after surgery, because I know a lot of listeners would like to know your experience. There are lots of people sitting on the fence. Do you have anything you would tell people sitting on the fence that could be helpful to them? Jump. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Really? I mean, at the point when I realized how bad my hearing was, it was like I said, you either move forward or you go back, and I'm not going back. You know, I'm never going to regain my hearing. I will never hear like I used to hear, so I have to learn how to hear differently. It's an adventure. It can be frustrating, but I would take this over being deaf any day. I can hear. Sometimes I walk around in the morning without the cochlear on just to have quiet but I find myself missing it because I like hearing. I like hearing noise. I like hearing my dog. I like hearing, well, music. I need to work a lot on. That's one thing I do miss. Did you enjoy music before? I love music, but well, yeah, I think that helped. <laughs> that, that helped with the hearing loss. Went to a lot of concerts, a lot, you know. We're coming from the... 50s, 60s, and 70s, a lot of rock and roll. You know you can get that back. Yes, you can. Well, I'm going to work on it. Good. All right. I am. But that's the only thing that I'm missing right now. I can have conversations with people. I'm having a conversation with you. I couldn't have a conversation before, and now I'm looking forward to having one in stereo. And having one in groups, you'll be able to do it. Well, yeah, this is one of the things. What's going on when you have a conversation with a group? What happens? This is one of the deciding factors of getting a second one. We went out to dinner with some friends, and I was sitting in the middle of two women, and I could only hear the conversation on my left. I couldn't hear the conversation. I couldn't hear the woman sitting next to me. And you constantly have to turn your head. Right. Your head will fall off with time. <laughs> I'm going to screw myself here. So I was like, this is crazy. So when uh, I got tested for the second one, they said, you're definitely a candidate. <laughs> no problem. All right. So what we'll do is in two months from now, we'll sit down again and we'll see what your progress is, good, bad, or indifferent, because what I'm trying to do with my podcast is present an unvarnished truth I want people to know, without the influence of a manufacturer involved, that this is what people are actually experiencing. So it's very helpful. Oh, yeah. We just came back from a steamboat cruise down the Mississippi. It was lovely. And I was standing there one day. I don't know where we were on the ship. But this woman comes over to me, taps me on the back and points to her head. And she had a cochlear, too. So along the trip, we would bump into each other. And, you know, there was a lot of a lot of people. So 
we talked about. Can you hear them? Do you understand what they're saying? You know, some of it, a lot of it in large crowds. We had the same thing. But she was also thinking about getting a second one. So we had a lot in common. Excellent. That's yeah. very, very good. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, you may motivate people to move ahead. I hope so. I do. I really do jump. Yeah. Really. That's what I tell people. If it doesn't work out, you can always take the processor off your head. You're no worse off than you are. And I'll be exactly where I was before. I couldn't hear. It's funny because I've been wearing this for three years. And so I know some people think I can hear like normal people because we have conversations like normal people now. And I forget until I take it off. Then everything is like, but I also have tinnitus. So I never have a silent moment. Well, let's talk about that. That's very, very interesting. How bad is it on a one to 10 scale? Nine. Wow. Yeah. I've had a long time, a long, long time. Some say it's an indication that you have a hearing problem. So I've had this at least 25 years. And sometimes, often actually, a cochlear implant will reduce the amount of tinnitus. So let's hope in two months from now you can tell me how how it's working out. The tinnitus gets worse under stress, okay? True. Without the cochlear on, Mm -hmm. if I'm stressed, it's really loud. Mm -hmm. If I'm not too stressed, it's not too bad. Mm -hmm. With the cochlear on, it's not bad at all. So it It, is reducing. Yeah, it helps. It really helps. So hopefully with the second one, it will help even more. Oh, I'm sure it will. It's like now I'm not wearing my hearing aid, Mm. and I have the tinnitus. I can hear it on this side. So it doesn't go throughout your whole head. It's one side or the other? Well, it does, but when I don't have something to distract, I can hear it more. Okay. It's very annoying. I'm sure it must be. I'm sure it must be. All right. So what we'll do is we'll plan to talk again in a couple of months. And, of course, I wish you all the best. Thank you. I'm sure Dr. Wozen is one of the finest surgeons in the area, and he'll do his best for you. I'll tell you, he did beautiful work. Beautiful. Excellent. Okay, Janet, thank you so much. You're welcome. 